You know what we have to start this episode off with? Beers for the boys? No. Um, off the Kirkland. cut? No. Um, shots of tequila? I wish. A giveaway. Giveaways? Well, oh, are we giving it away or do we have a new giveaway? No, it's... Well, I mean, we do have a new giveaway, but this is okay. the... Uh, giveaway from last month we couldn't draw it on the last episode because it was still november while we were recording and to be fair we were hoping we were waiting to see if any new patrons come and guess what none did mm. so oh. with that oh let me make sure about that real quick hold on audience hmm no the only people uh what's today's date December 4th. Yeah, no, definitely not anybody new. Although I am seeing, I, I guess on Patreon now, there's a free member tier. Mm. And I guess that's new on like every page, every channel. Um, I've got like 20 of them on my own Patreon. Mm. They don't get anything. So I, I guess it's an option now where you can like log in and I can if I make a post though, I could open it up to the free tier as well. Uh oh. I did notice that uh today when I was posting. But yeah, we have some free oh. uh patrons. So um anyways, this is for the two hundred dollar gift card to Leather by Dragonfly, Patrick and Michelle, who will actually be here on Friday. Yeah, baby. Uh, driving, as a matter of fact, listening to this episode. So, oh. Patrick, Michelle, let, let's be real. Michelle, thank yeah, you Michelle. so much for Thanks, being a Michelle. great part of this podcast and dealing with our good friend Patrick. Yeah. Hey, hmm. what what are they giving away? A gift card. Little little bitty Sedgleys and Sedgleys and, and yeah, mouse big pads. Sedgleys. You, you could get mouse patties. I don't think the two hundred dollars would cover his mouse pads. He's he priced them pretty high. No kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's real top of those grains. They're top yeah. cut. Yep. They use the off cuts. Yes, the off cuts. Jeez. All right, let's draw this winner. <laughs> let's see who the lucky person is. I did not take off our spouses, Break. gentlemen. I did not. Take off break spouses. The deal. Pink apron apron for Kelly. The winner is break the deal. Spin the wheel. Mike Holmes. All right. I know. Yeah. I know, Mike. Mr. Mike Mike Holmes, you are the winner. Congratulations, Mike. So, Patrick and Michelle, while you're listening to this, Mike Holmes is the winner. Mike Holmes. Mike Holmes is going to send this to you later anyway. He's yeah. going to be getting some upgrades on an apron. They're going to be like, that's 200. He's going to be like, I don't care. I got yes. a gift certificate. Don't matter. I got a gift card. That's yeah. Right. Sucker. Yeah. <clears throat> Marianne's so, blowing me kisses. Good night. She's going to bed. Yeah. We already got companies starting to filter in. She's going to go upstairs, watch TV yeah. with her sister. Watch. Um, they're into it. They're binging on NCIS. We're uh, talking about the episode where they mailed eyeballs. Too disgusting. Sounds like a great show. Oh God! I, I sometimes I I see what she's watching. I'm like they're decapitated bodies and crap like that. I'm like, what are you watching? Education, Sedge. She's educating oh. herself. 
Yeah, she's so probably I, trying to hide it off me. Yeah, I always. <laughs> she saw I my always, insurance policy. I always have some uh, show that I'm that I'm watching that I try to to keep up with. I just recently uh, watched Peaky Blinders again. That's a a great series. But I watched uh, House of Cards again, and I finished it today. Now I used to be a big House of Cards fan, um, but on uh, season six, Kevin Spacey isn't there because I guess there was like allegations that he was sexually assaulting women in the past or something. And so, he, like, I don't even know what happened to Kevin Spacey since then. But I finished season six today. Season six sucked. Don't you hate that? I think we there's a show. Watching. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. It was so bad. But the rest, just all, finished, of, all five other seasons were fantastic. We just finished a really good one. It's called Blackbird. It's on Apple TV. It's really good. What Black is it about? Bird? Someone told me it's about a guy who's in prison, and they give him a deal that if he goes to this other high-security prison, if he can talk this, like, serial killer, find out where, like, he, like, was accused of killing girls, if uh-huh. he could get him to talk and become his friend, that they would give him like take his ten year sentence like make it go away, so it's it's pretty cool. It's it's like eight episodes, and it's like it's only it reminds one season me a lot so of far? like what's that? It's only one season right now. Yeah, it's only one season. I think it's all it is going to be. But they could totally make it another series where he could go to another jail and do it all over again. Like it's just this guy's kind of freaky, kind of half psychotic, and just for him to become his friend, it's it's very interesting. This guy's an amazing actor. All of them hmm. are. They're like all people you don't, except for one guy I recognize, but it's a good show. Mm. I I wasn't sure of the first one. That somebody told me it was good, but we watched all eight of them in the last week. We're done. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There were some nights we watched two of them and I was like, oh, we can't we can't watch another one. But it was really good. Yeah. Sedge is uh one of his favorite shows. Sedge doesn't watch a lot of TV, but uh he did let me know his absolute favorite show, which is uh, Sex in the City. Yeah, that's yep. incorrect. Huge Sarah Jessica Parker fan. Well, I am a huge Sarah Jessica Parker fan, but I I just don't like the title. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> so, all kidding you know, aside, I have seen every episode of that TV show. What I've seen most. Yeah, Nicole like, loves it. Yeah, I've seen a good amount because that's yeah Kelly loves it too. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you know what my favorite is? That's the last one I watched. Breaking Bad. This, you know, Ooh, Blackbird reminds me. Blackbird reminds me of Breaking Bad because it's just realistic drama that could totally happen, and you're sitting there just yeah. watching. It's so yeah. realistic. Yeah. It's, well, guess what I heard? I think I saw a part of a trailer. Breaking Bad Two. Really, I heard back. that they you, bring it back. Yeah, they're bringing it back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like Breaking Bad a lot. That, that you guys ever? We did you guys binged, ever watch Mad Men? No. We did. Oh, it's one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah, we did. It was that was a good one. Such, you guys, I think you'd like that. Did you guys ever watch Gilligan's Island? Yep. Yeah, Man, my father. Batman. Yep. Mash. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mash. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. HR HR Puffin stuff. What's HR Puffin stuff? <laughs> you didn't get that one. It was a Saturday morning cartoon. Oh. It was like the weirdest thing. And yeah, Leo watches that. No. <laughs> um, Marty Croft just passed away. Guy who. 
everybody out there listening who's old like me is probably peeing themselves. HR puffing stuff. HR puffing stuff. Sounds like what they do when you get called into the HR. That's it. Oh, I, I, <laughs> subject change. Subject change. Yeah. Subject change. Um, speaking of HR, oh, Nicole, my wife, uh, starting on January 1st, will be a employee of Ben's Woodworking. Starting when? January 1st. Oh, wow. That's aggressive. You know, she, she gave her notice today, and she will be starting the new year with me so we can grow grow the business. Wicked. Awesome. And I wanted to get your guys' take on something. I had this idea, which my wife also had this idea, said you were here for the conversation this weekend. Ronnie, what would you think about like doing videos where like Nicole and I can actually do projects together, right? Because she'll be here. So it's like, hey, we're going to redo model the bathroom or we're going to build a vanity or we're going to do this and that. And I'm like almost pretend like the camera isn't even there. And I'm just explaining to her like, hey, here's why we're doing this. Here's why we're doing this. Here's what you want to think about. And then go back and like, you know, put all that stuff together. And release a video where it's like me, which is similar to what uh, what Sedge does, but I just thought it'd be cool with a spouse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then like bring her into that uh, into the channel that way. What do you think about that? I think it's good. I told her she has to wear yoga pants though. Yeah, see, <laughs> in the shop. That's where I'm a little jealous. I got freaking big D. Yeah, I don't think he'd look good in yoga pants. Hell no. <laughs> He looked good in yoga, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're excited, so, uh, though. So you guys will laugh at this. You know, I wear um, <laughs> in the morning walking around, I wear, you know, men's briefs, you know, the long briefs, the like short briefs. Mm-hmm. So I walk out in the yard once in a while with dogs and Marianne goes, you're out there in your underwear. I go, hell no, they're men's yoga shorts. There you go. That's what they are. They're men's <laughs> yoga shorts. I like it. Men's yoga shorts. So she goes, go get your yoga shorts on, walk around. I go, yeah, so, baby. So dreamy in your yoga shorts. You behave. So she doesn't think anything of it now. I walk out there, walk around the yard in my underwear. It's freaking awesome. Wait, you walk around your yard in your underwear? Yeah. Well, you know, they're like uh, no you wonder know, the your brief, doesn't the like brief you. shorts, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I throw a freaking potato into or in the front there and walk around. Neighbors, chicks love it. <laughs> that's how you go out and do your runs in the morning. <laughs> no, that's how I mow the lawn. <laughs> Ronnie, what was up with that house that you were at today? Oh, I thought I would show it for you all. Actually, I thought you'd like to see it. I, that's where I've been since last Wednesday. I worked Wednesday and Thursday there, putting the screens in, and then tomorrow I'm starting the fixed those triangles you saw on the top. Um, that was a that was a big project that um that that part that I showed was like four hundred and fifty thousand dollar project and that's a what that's a porch with you know like a kitchen area and stone four hundred and fifty thousand dollar project for you no or... no no for the entire project oh, the whole that's thing. okay yeah yeah it's four hundred fifty which it's crazy because like that house is um I would say thir- 35 to forty years old that's probably more than that house cost when it was built 35 or 40 years ago. So they spent that 
what they paid for their house on the back. But they have wow. a really nice part. They're it's, backed up to a lot of land. It's beautiful, though. Yeah, I do like. I like the. Way I would love to have an outdoor space like that. It is. It's incredible. pretty. It's pretty sweet. It's big too. That's. I would say yeah, that's it looks uh, huge. I like, like the frame of the boat you're working on. Oh yeah, that's that's I'm finally. Watching, Ronnie, I'm you're building a boat now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually looking at on your Instagram stories, and you're talking about the uh, boat. That's going to be bad to the bone, Ronnie. We finally got it on the forum. Cameron was extremely excited. How was that? Too. Is so cool. You built. It reminds me of a oh. built-in. You know how, like, oh. when you build up pieces and parts of, like, like kind of even the one you have behind you, Jason. You build all those. And you can't see it together until you go and put it where it goes. And in your shop, you're seeing these pieces. And so we've seen these pieces now for like, has it been? We started on the 11th, November the 11th, and. But we've been seeing those pieces in our shop now all this time. And it's so cool to see them all come together and see how they fit. Mm -hmm. Look at that outdoor fireplace. Yeah, that's a it's a really cool project. The screens are the only thing that's outstanding for the whole thing to be done. But we ran into a problem today. Wow. Um, the electrician ran the wire for me from column to column. And I hooked up all the screens today, like hard set them. And it tripped the GFI breaker. And they were started trying to figure out what was going on. The project managers were there. And finally, we decided just we're going to have to have the electricians come back out. Something's going on. And I'm so glad that usually I wire them, too. So I'm so glad I don't have to worry about that. It's just they're going to have to worry about it. So I've just put plugs on all the screens to get them set up and get them dialed in. And I'm in a way, I'm kind of done with my part on that, which is going to be nice. And then now I have to start the fixed ones, which that's going to be a pain because it's supposed to be cold this week but I just yeah. got to get through this one. And it's like my last big outdoor project for, I'll say the year, but it's actually through like January and February. Cause anything I sell, I'm going to make it a spring install. So that's Smart. where I start stacking them at spring. That's what I do every year. But the past couple of years, I've been going more into December because materials are coming in later and I just have to, it is what it is. And it comes in and I like to try to have them in by November, but this, the one I'm installing right now should have been installed like a month ago. And it just came huh. in on like right after Halloween. So I'll be caught up though after this. So I, I have a question for you guys. Um, since we were just talking about that beautiful patio, I, I, I honestly don't know the answer to this. And I want to know if what I would like to do is even possible. I would love to have a covered area in our back patio. And, you know, we have a huge concrete patio. So we definitely have the space. We could, you know, we can definitely do it. My question is, what's the longest span that like framing for a roof or something could be with only support it, support legs on the ends? Like obviously it would tie into the house, mm -hmm. right? But so one, of the, one of the easiest ways would be to use trusses. Like they can make really thin trusses that aren't thick and they can span farther than like dimensional lumber. But you're like 16 feet, the general rule of like what you see usually spanned. You can do farther than that. But just like with wood, I would think that over time it would maybe even sag. But a truss won't. So you can do like scissor trusses and then still have like like wood underneath where you don't see the trusses. You know, they're kind of sandwiched between there. And I know the way your house is set up, from what I've seen, you could just attach right to your house, which is easy. But you'd probably also have to put your post beyond your new pour of concrete because they would that's, tell you. That that's you, my question. Yeah, yeah, but that's not a big deal. They just put the footers just outside of your 
your patio and you get to use all your patio space that way anyway. Mm -hmm. But so that, that was my concern. That's my first concern because I didn't know they did tell me when they poured the concrete, they're like, are you going to do a covered patio? And I'm like, well, eventually at some point they're like, well, if you tell us where we can pour the, the footers now. And I'm like, well, I have no idea. Like I no clue what, what I'm going to do. And he's like, oh, okay. He was like, well, you're going to need to be careful because you won't be able to put significant like weight. Um, it, it could damage the the concrete. So he's like, if you did it, it would have to be off of the concrete. Well, the problem is, is that my concrete patio or my slab is like 18 feet from the house. Uh, well, there's, I mean, there's another option. They can cut out a square and dig it down and, and do that. They do that regularly. Oh, you can, you can do that. You can reinforce it that way. So I could have as many posts as I wanted then. Mm-hmm. But you really don't want to have many as, I mean, I wouldn't think you'd have more than three probably on what you're doing. Right. Oh, I'm thinking but, like one in the center and one on the far outside, but centered on both sides, attached mm-hmm. to the house, centered on both sides and then out in the ends. Mm-hmm. And then, then it would actually give me something to tie in like a little low wall or something like that too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd be able to have a TV out there. You know, I'd be able to, uh, we could have a, you know, a little dining area. I'm sure it would be very expensive to do that. Trusses are pretty cheap. I mean, all the materials are pretty cheap. I've, I've heard some crazy quotes lately. What was it? Somebody told me the other day, somebody quoted, I saw that on social media. Somebody did it on their own. It was like a front porch, like a six by six front porch. And they were quoted like $40,000 for somebody to put two posts over that, I was like, they just didn't want that job to quote out forty thousand because that's crazy. That's like, and the Come guy on. said he did it himself and went and bought some tools. I think I saw that online, but um, that wouldn't be a substantial project to do that. And you might want to, you could check with some structural engineers because I mean, the amount of weight that would be on three columns is not that much. Like it's slabs are slabs are strong. How thick do they pour? Uh, I mean, it's six inches and more than yeah. that in some areas for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, I would think you're almost be okay just resting them on there and it's not like it's a deck above that you're supporting, um, a possible 30 people coming standing on a deck. Yeah. It's just a fixed load of the roof. That's all it they, is. They did say that like, if you didn't want to do a like a built-in one to the house, right? Like a an addition to your home, um, you know, you could get one of the like store-bought ones, depending on what it is, and you could use one of those, and that would be would right. be sufficient. The problem is though, is that like I just well, I haven't nice, seen a ton of those that we love. They don't ever work out right, but not. I mean, you're you're sacrificing your connection to your house is what. And the nice part is when they're connected to the house, that's taking half the load. You know, they're screwed into the framing and that's taking half of the weight of whatever it is, which is nice. Yeah, I, I think you could my dog right now. But um when I've added on to my shop before I last time I bought um I had trusses made that were I think twenty two inches tall and they went out uh thirty feet long. So they went down to wow. ten inches tall on the far end. So there, that's the lowest pitch you can get. But but to give you an idea, over across a 30-foot span, they were 22 inches tall on the tall part. 
and I did them with a flat, you know, you can also do them with angled if you want it to be like an angled roof on there. But I, I really like trusses and trusses are pretty cheap for what they do. Huh. Like it's, if you just add up the cost of what they have in the like two by sixes and two by fours, it's not that much more that they're charging right. for those to be made. So that would be, that would be the way to do it. I, I would think to get your span and not be crazy price and all that kind of stuff. So I guess the, like, I, I know that across the span, you know, having like a, what is it? A ledger board is what it would mm -hmm. be called. Like a deck. That the, yeah. Yeah. That the roof like ties into, and I'm sure it gets tucked under behind the flashing and or the, I, I have no idea how any of that, that stuff works. Um, yeah, but like our house is wrapped, you know, it's two by four framing, I would assume on the right. exterior walls and it's wrapped in that. It doesn't even have sheathing. It has that foam board, which Ronnie, you know, cause I showed right. you when I ripped my wall apart. Right. Right. And <laughs> yeah, you'd be tying into the floor, the wall joists pretty much from the other side with those fasten master, like, you know, lag bolts. Yep. And then in the vinyl just gets cut out and they just put a J channel around it and flash it where it comes down on the roof. In some ways, it's easier to do that than a brick house because technically on a brick house, you're not supposed to do that anymore. Attach it like through the brick to the studs. You're not supposed to hang it. You're supposed to remove the brick. It becomes more intrusive. Yeah. Remove the brick, set the board, and then come out from there. So it's a little bit easier to do on a vinyl house. Hmm. For me, it is. I mean, that's... God, we, but we're, using we're always your... talking about things to do to this house, and we know damn well we are not going to be here for ten years. Well, it's <laughs> that still would be a night. patio areas used to they used to say that it didn't increase the value of houses, and that's changed a lot. And it was changing, and then when COVID hit, it changed even more that people value outdoor spaces now because they've mm -hmm. learned that restaurants could be shut down just a, in an instant, and that they still needed space. So I think people value it more than anywhere, um, any than they ever have, and then. Also, the advantage of not buying something and you're doing it would allow you to do it a pie where it still feels big. Like you could put it wherever you wanted over the door. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, much higher so that your lowest part in the front could still be like eight, nine feet, you know, and still feels big versus the things you buy are usually eight feet tall. Right. You come out and you're almost looking at them when you come out of the door, looking at the side of them. Yeah, I would be because our <laughs> we have to walk down the steps anyways when we go outside. Right, it'd be funny right. walking out. Said just like bump his head on the <laughs> uh, on the top of Bing. <laughs> hey, had go. the second spray come on the door. Good. Yeah, good. Looks really good. I got a little bit of like overspray just because I half-assed taping the hinges. Yeah. So I got like a couple little spots, but one of these days I'll just go back and and scrub it off. You know, I can scrub the paint off the hinges, but um, yeah, looks great. Looks really good. I changed the tip for that second coat, which was a very smart thing to do because the first one was just too much. I used a five, 315 tip, and I switched to a 312, and it just it put out a better amount of paint. I love that damn thing, man. Ultimate quick shot, baby. Yeah, I like so it So nice. I like it too. I probably will add that to my spray repertoire in the future. I'll wait till I have a project for it and I'll grab it. My old uh, Sergeant Major, the one that helped me uh, with the door. Well, I mean, he did the door. I helped him, but um, 
he was at Sherwin Williams the other day and he saw me use it because we needed to uh, put a little couple filler strips. The door was slightly smaller than the opening of the previous door. So um, when we put the brick mold and everything, there was about a, uh, I want to say about a half inch gap between the siding and the brick mold. And so he was like, um, we'll get some, uh, some material and we'll paint it the same color as your siding. And then we'll insert that in there and it'll take up that space. Um, and I used, I was like, I'm not brushing these stupid things. Like, this is just such a waste of time. This, this, you know, sprayer is so easy to use that I just took some paint, poured it in there, sprayed them, let it dry for you know three, four hours, and then sprayed another coat and it was done so fast. So guess what he did? He bought one. <laughs> really? <laughs> he went to Sherwin Williams. Yeah. And the guy, they had one, I guess they gave him like a pretty good deal. And he was like, I don't know. I got to think about it. And so he left and then came back and, uh, and picked it up. Huh. Hey, you use that thing one time, man. And it's just like, wow, this is not only is it fun, but it does a good job. Yeah. It does a great job. I mean, I had such, so said, you saw the kitchen Island. Yep. Yeah. It's perfect. The, the, the finish on that is just fantastic. Mm. Now, granted, it is a zero sheen, so it's so flat you wouldn't even be able to tell if there was inconsistencies, anyways. But I mean, you you can hold that thing under the light and look at it in any angle. I mean, it looks it, it's the best result I've ever got from a spray clear coat for sure, hands down. That's cool, but it's also the clear coat too, right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you. Yeah, hell, you paid that much coat money. Clear coat makes up for all your, you know, shortcomings. Yeah, especially when you when you go so flat, it just hides everything. But I mean, hell, you spend that much money on a finish; it better level out really well and and <laughs> be a, you know, really nice. It looks nice good. Thing. So you really Thank think you. you're gonna sand down that uh, dining room table and respray it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would. For sure. So I finished editing the video today on, which I actually want to talk to you guys about something else that I did, um, on the finish comparison, the one that yep. was brought on by trying out the Gemini and not liking the color that it made it. Um, I was thinking about uh, the title, Rest in Peace Rubio Monocote. Oh. But then I was like, well, no, because I don't hate Ruby on Monaco. Like, I still love the product. It's, it's great. But then I was like, rest in peace, hard wax oils. Because that's like the trend. That's all the craze right now. Like, everybody's making stuff about hard wax oils. Comparison to hard wax oils. Which hard wax oil is the best? So, like, I feel like it's going the opposite direction. But I also thought about titling it something like, uh, you know, I I discovered the best finish or I discovered the perfect finish for white oak or just perfect finish for, like something like that right but i really think that the rubio one would, would trigger a lot of people they'd be like wait what <laughs> including the guys at rubio yeah <laughs> yeah and like i don't want to piss them off but at the same time it's like i don't care like i still love the product i even talk about how i normally use it it's all just to get more people to to watch the video i mean that's i mean hell i made a a uh, title that says Craig may go out of business after this. And that video went bananas when I did that. And it's not like Craig's not going to go out of business seriously, but people watch it. You know, I get a lot of dumb comments about it. 
I actually got one yesterday. It said, Craig's still in business, may want to consider changing your title. It's like, no, no, I'm not. Thanks you for watching. Consider changing. Oh, you know, I had, um, what was it, Saturday morning? I brought up a, um, that was a reel I used, like it was like two years old. And I was like, I'll put this back out here. I almost forgot I did it myself. And I reposted it, just put a song to it. And I forgot to go in there and adjust <laughs> the music in the vocal sound. I usually always do it. I don't know why. I just forgot. And I posted it. One of the first comments said, you may want to look at your audio. I could almost not hear you talk over the music. And it's really annoying or something like that. And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, there's no way to change it. It already had like 2,000, 3,000 views. Oh, my God. And I was like, I'm going to let it go. Yeah. And I've already had like, I've had another one or two comments about people about it that they're like complained. And I'm like, that's just more f feedback. That's more comments on there. <laughs> yep. So I'm like, you don't really even need to hear the words anyway. You know, it's one that you, you can tell what it is without hearing what I'm saying anyway. So I just let it go. It's like, it's funny. It's like, you can, you can hear it. It's like, I'm talking at a bar with the music's in the background. <laughs> I just let it go. I was like, whatever. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes depending on the platform, sometimes the raw, the rawer, the better. Like mm -hmm. I think TikTok, I think TikTok, it, the more raw it is, the more views. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. that's, I think so too. For sure. I haven't, I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok anymore. I think I need to. Start I go through my phases. Yeah. I'll like go where I, and then I'll just kind of like almost not be on there for like a week maybe. And then I'll go and I'll go through. I don't know. I feel like it's probably one of the biggest waste of times of all the social media. It's mostly, I mean, there's really not a lot. I don't think there's many times I've been like, oh, I learned something on TikTok today. Oh, no. It's not a place you really learn things. It's, yeah. it's just Mindless fill your wrong. mind, fill your brain with things. I think it's just a lot of, hey, look at me. Look at the dumb shit I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Things like you that. Know? So I try to try to reduce my time out there. Yeah. For Funny, a while, I, it was the past time we would send, Kelly and I send stuff back and forth to each other, you know, that we thought was funny that we saw in there. What were you going to say, Jason? I, I have a I have a question for you. What What are your thoughts on publishing shorts as part of your regular channel versus starting a shorts channel. I've never been on board with starting a channel just for shorts. I don't know. I've talked to that's been, you know, that's been conversations. That's the first time I heard it was last year at WorkbenchCon, and I was trying to understand it and I could kind of understand the thinking by it, but it's funny to me just to be able to keep up with two logins. <laughs> I wouldn't want yeah, to do it. Right. <laughs> Switching back and forth. I mean, and like you were talking about that we were talking about the other day, how they've made some changes now where there is a division between the two. Yeah. You know, it used to be one would hurt you and the other one wouldn't. But yeah. I, I really like the idea of, especially for long form content creators, to using the shorts as something to get people to move into. It's almost like this is their bite-sized content. And if they like it, there's there's long form on this mm -hmm. page too. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a good use of shorts and reels. I think it I think it's because they water tag you with your uh your like what says sedge tool in there. And you can also put your logo. 
mm-hmm. but I like it. I think it's, I'm going to start doing more of them because it, it doesn't go into your long form feed. Cause that bothered me before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it brings everybody back to the one channel I really want to promote. And yeah. Push. so, yeah, that, that's been my, that's been my understanding of it as well. And I know Ronnie, you mentioned some of these things when, when it first came out, you know, it was, they, they were all they, in your regular feed. It was stupid. It looked ugly. Like it was annoying. Um, but now it's very, very curated to the viewer. Right. So for instance, I'm really noticing this a lot about YouTube. I have been watching a lot of shorts. Now, when I open up my YouTube app, it doesn't have a list of videos. It always defaults to shorts, always, because that's what I spend more time watching now. I don't watch a lot of YouTube videos, right? Um, but I'll just scroll through shorts, you know, when I have, have some free time. So that proves to me that they are, they're tailoring. It's not a one size fits all, right? Like you do shorts and you're only going to have a short form, you know, audience. You do long form, you're only going to have a long form. Like it's whatever the people are watching, right? Mm-hmm. So you, your feed is going to be different from mine and mine's going to be different from Sedge's and Sedge's is going to be different from yours. Like it, it's never going to be the same. It's completely dependent on how you interact on the platform. But this is the part that worries me is I've already established an audience through long form content. And I'm going to play with this because I don't, I don't know how it's going to work out. I've already established the audience and long form content. I 100% agree that it is a great way to get your, in, your stuff out there. It's no different from going to like TikTok mm-hmm. and posting the same thing you post on Instagram and having a link to your YouTube channel or your website. It's just you're, you're getting your information out there in front of more people. Now, is the conversion rate of people who want to leave that platform and go watch long form content, is it lower than you know, people that are just there to watch shorts. Yeah, of course. But what concerns me though, is let's say the shorts do really well and you do gain a big audience from it. Well, what ends up happening? And they're not interested in long form content. Maybe they're only interested in shorts. So let's say you go from 200,000 subscribers to 300,000 subscribers, but your views on your videos don't really change. They don't move the needle enough to be anything uh, significant. Your shorts do really well. Yeah, I I feel like that's where it's really important that your shorts are too directed towards your long form content. Like, say you could create this viral video of you holding a uh, a milk jug and going down your driveway on a skateboard, and it goes it has fifteen million views. But those people, when they go to look at your other side, they're gonna be like, "That's not what this guy does." Yeah, and it's not gonna help you out. You know what I mean? I think they gotta be re- yeah, they gotta be related it, to your long form. As long as it's related and it fits. I think it's no different than I see a funny short of like a comedian and I'm like, this guy's hilarious, you know? And then I go uh-huh. and he's got a full 60 minutes of his little standup that I saw 60 seconds of, right. you know, it's, you're talking about Matt Rife, aren't you? I don't even, I wasn't even thinking of somebody oh. in general. I just, <laughs> sometimes I see those cause I'm not big about like finding a comedian to watch their whole thing, but I'll see some of these little, and I'm like, who's right. this guy? Right. I've seen this guy before. Sometimes it takes seeing it a few times. You're like, I like this guy. Cause every time I see little clips, I like what he says. And that would be the same thing on. And I believe I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me with dusty 
Dusty Lumber. I he's remember who I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I saw his little short, and I started realizing this is the same guy, you know, that's uh, doing that other one that did the other one. This is the same guy. He just keeps coming up on my so, feed. I'm glad you brought him up because that was going to be my my next segue. Right? Is that going back to what I was saying about you know you go from 200,000 subscribers to 300,000 subscribers, but the views on your videos aren't changing. What that tells me is that I'm picking up a bunch of subscribers that subscribe because of short form content, but they're not watching the long form. And where I see that being an issue in the long run would be not that your audience, because like uh, Keith Johnson had that whole thing where he was like, you know, my audience was like a, a much lower percent US population. And it was like all over these other countries. And that's not good for advertisers and all that stuff. And there's yeah, a lot Thailand. of truth to that. Yeah, he, right? was a lot, he had a big following in Thailand, I think. Yeah, and that's that's not great, right? So where it could be a problem is that you know brands might look at that and go, well, look how many subscribers you have, but look how many views you're getting on your videos. And D Dusty Lumber, I love the guy, right? He's great, super great dude. But that was the first thing I thought about because I didn't know originally that he even had a YouTube channel. I just thought that he crushed it on Instagram. And then I found out he has a YouTube channel that has over a million subscribers. And I was like, holy cow. This dude is the real deal. So now I think that he has all this long form content. He doesn't. It's 90% oh, shorts, yeah. kills it, gets tons of views. I'm sure brands absolutely love it. And that's what they want him to do is shorts. But any long form content that he does does not get the views. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's that's what worries me. Now, he's he's an extreme case because he built his audience on short form content. And he's the master at it. Mm -hmm. but I don't know. It just, it worries me. I, I'm bringing all this up because Ryan, uh, one of our patrons, Ryan Woodard, he mentioned it to me again. And I've had so many people have said the same thing. A lot of people in the space, like, Oh, I want to do a separate channel. I never saw the value in it, but now it has me thinking like, well, would it know, not you... be smart to try to build another audience that is just short form, like Instagram, well, like TikTok? Like, what it didn't J um, Jason Hibbs has like bourbon bites or something like uh -huh, that. Yep. He's got, so you, some of these people look and see how theirs looks like it's doing, you know, that's uh, I just wouldn't want it to be in a separate thing. Now I will say, I think your followers you get from shorts are different than long form. They're, they're a lot, they will leave you a lot quicker. If you do a post, they don't like, they won't think twice of them following you. I think that's yeah. a difference in a reels shorts audience. They're not as devoted as they are when you're long form content. Mm -hmm. They'll stick with you longer. I feel like that that's the case for sure. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know. I just breaking it up. <clears throat> it's a possibility, but I'm just, I'm not sure. I So sometimes when I think about that, I think about what do you think YouTube would want someone to do? I would think that they would want somebody to be fully versed on all the features they roll out the shorts, the long oh, form, yeah. all that stuff. And I don't think they would reward somebody for just doing one type of thing. I just don't feel like, I feel like they would rather somebody do use as many features as they can because they love their features. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to, to like read some articles or something that are, you know, published by YouTube and, you know, staff that's there and, and talking about it. Cause again, I know that, that I know things have changed dramatically, but before I get too hot and heavy into doing this, um, I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. But at this point, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't really think it's going to hurt me right now. <laughs> like in anything, it's, 
things could help, but you won't never know if it works or it doesn't work if you don't try it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, if it's good content on both sides, it, YouTube's going to show it. You know, that's that's the thing they know. The yeah. background knows. Are are you monetized on Facebook? Me? Yeah. No. No. That's something I want to. I'm interested in. I'm. Uh, what do you? I think you have to. What, what's the requirements to be monetized on Facebook? Five. Do you know what they? Thousand. Said, are you monetized on Facebook? Yes. Are you really? Mm. We just hit it. I think. I think we just oh, made so twenty jealous. bucks last month. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Hey, that's that's how it starts. Yep. What do you know? How big, many subscribers? I think big, you need like five thousand. Yeah, we got five thousand. Big D made a really big push. That was his job this year since WorkbenchCon. He uh, doubled our Sedge Tool account, over doubled our Sedge Tool account on Instagram, and he brought us to monetization. I think we're at five thousand. I haven't checked Meta. Yeah, I'm at twelve thousand on Facebook, and I still haven't been monetized. There was a certain thing he said we're going to get monetized real quick on Facebook. He said that about a month ago. Let me see if I can pull this up. I had five hundred and fifty on Facebook when we went to WorkbenchCon, and I went to that class because I'd given up on Facebook, hadn't posted for twelve years on there. <laughs> and then when we got out of WorkbenchCon, I started posting, and I got up to twelve thousand. And uh, I kind of backed off a little bit, but I still try to. I try to post. I don't like to make Instagram automatically publish to Facebook. I don't like no. that. Yeah, no, I don't it, like it that. Not. I'll tell you what. I posted a video on there for the first time in a very long time, like directly to Facebook the other day. And it was like the best video I've ever published. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get lazy and I click the little button when I'm on Instagram, but it never, they never do well when they come from Instagram. Yeah. Well, not that well, but I know we got, I know we made about 20 bucks on Facebook last month, but I think we're at, we're almost there. I think it was 4.8 thousand, but he said we were monetized. And then we hit something else on Instagram where we had some kind of monetization. Well, but we just we keep tracking up on all of them. You know what I did today? I, what have you been up to? Well, since we're we're talking heavy on the content creation side of things, I created a video that will be going live on YouTube probably tomorrow. It's two hours and twenty two minutes long. Oh wow. And it is a compilation video. I took 10 previous cabinet-related videos that I have, and I put them all in one place. I have some theories about this. Never done this before. But I have some theories, and I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. You know, speaking of that, one of the best ideas ever for a YouTube channel, and we use it every year on Christmas. Have you seen the fireplace? It's a fire, and it just has like Christmas music in the background. Yep. Yeah, yep. And they're like two, three, four-hour videos. And I told yep. Kelly that is the best idea ever because people are going to stick with it. They don't click off. They run the whole thing through. It was the funniest part is it comes up. Ads come up during it. Isn't that great? <laughs> but ads now that I'm premium. Your fire. Now that I'm premium, I wouldn't have that happen. You know, I've got, I don't get ads. So I, that's yeah. going to be good this year. But I have enjoyed that, by the way. Gosh, I wish I did that earlier. I wish I had done that because I watch a lot of YouTube videos. 
And I was wasting away part of my life getting hit with those ads. Yeah, mm. I think I I think I got YouTube Premium because of you on one of our calls. Uh, I ended up getting it like right out because you mentioned it. And I, I don't watch a ton of YouTube, but when I do watch it, it is nice that I don't have to watch the ads. But you know where it really shines for me? When you fast forward, it's nice because you don't have to stop for the ad when you're fast forwarding through it. Well, you, it, the the place where I get the most value out of it is when I do uh, slumber party nights with Leo. And on those nights, I let him watch YouTube. And so before, it was always like every three minutes because they're kid shows. I'd have to take the remote and like skip yeah. the the ad it was so annoying now i don't have to worry about it. it's great yeah it's very nice i definitely I did, i'd watch a lot i i think the way that sedge reads like books i just can't i'm have trouble with reading it's i mean when you look through my feed sometimes kelly's like you can watch whatever you want i have to do this i'm almost embarrassed when i bring up my youtube feed because i'm such a <laughs> nerd like it's like right now it would be like boat building like woodworking type things how to kind of shows and like it's some people would think it was so freaking boring what I watch. Like if I see like a boat factory, it doesn't matter if it's one of those big, huge yachts. Like I would love it. I love to watch how things are made and oh, me just, too. I love it. And it's so, I'm glad Cameron sometimes will watch them with me because if it was the girl side of the family, they just think I'm like so boring. It's like, but I just love it. And that's what I watch. Like I don't watch any, I say almost anything on YouTube. I did watch a Mr. Beast video not long ago. And because I was curious to see um, the one that I heard about, I don't remember which one it was. And now YouTube's like, oh, you like him? Look, we've got more videos from him. Mm -hmm. Oh, they <laughs> so it's feed kinda, you. Yeah, it's oh, kind of yeah. messing up. But And so it, it showed me a documentary on Mr. Beast, which I think so much more of him now. I didn't know anything about him. But oh, this yeah. guy, I mean, this he is just like a really good person. And it's, yeah. it's really cool to hear like where he came from and all of his ideas and things. So I did, I got off a little bit on, I call that almost like mainstream YouTube stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't usually watch like mainstream, but I, I just like to watch the how to stuff. Just what did, like what did your learn. great grandmother think about Mr. Beast? Well, she used to say she couldn't get an IP address in her house. That's that she had a, she, she couldn't get it to get it, to get it. She had dial up and ah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, she needed a high-speed internet connection. She used to get so mad. She would go down to City Hall and just raise all kinds. They were like, we don't even know what internet is. City Hall. Yeah, that's that was a that was a whole big ordeal. Hey, but, I got a question. Do you guys know what I want to know what I've been up to? I know what you did. I was going to ask you, but would you go to the college today? I did. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How did yeah. that go? Freaking awesome. I went, um, Purdue bought a bunch of Festool tools. And one of the things that we had to do, or Garrett had promised them, we'd go into a training with their student employees that watched the shop. We had about 10 people there. And uh, 10 people was, from Festool? No, 10 people from uh, the students Purdue. that are. I got you. Yeah. Guys, this is a really cool concept. Any student can go in there and work. And they got a robotics club, a woodworking club, a metalworking club, a race club car club uh rc club just all these clubs and on the weekends uh dan who gave us a tour who runs the woodworking shop he said there could be two or three hundred kids in here so think about it and i said well wait a minute so all these kids are engineers and they come in here and tinker of what interests them and you have all this 
to them for free. And they go, yeah, and people donate lumber. It's all donated. They get it's all free wood, all free steel. So in the room I was in, I mean, it was all powermatic cast, but oh, you know, Haas, uh, CNC, uh, Mills, they had about six of them. One was a five axis, two were four axis, two more were three axis. They had a old fashioned Bridgeport, which was a sharp. They had a, a, a three in one machine, whatever they can. Anything can be created in there. Then they t- he took me upstairs to the 3D printers for carbon fiber, mm. for steel, one for aluminum 3D printing. Uh, then he showed me, I, I, oh, yeah, my friend uh, just bought a bamboo. Oh, he goes, oh, come in my office. He had a bamboo in his office. <laughs> really? It's, it is, and it's his personal one. It is amazing the technology in this IA school, but it's all free to the Purdue students. Wow. That's cool. Um, so I was totally honored, and I it was with Garrett and uh, Travis because they were at Hartville with me as well. Oh, my God. And it just started out where, okay, Sid, you start with the dust extractors, and then uh, you do the MFT, and I go, oh, Garrett goes, I'll do the track saw. So then I was supposed to do the domino, and they kept – kept me going and kept me going and kept me going. So they, I had to get out of there by three 30 so I could get down for the podcast. But uh, I'll tell you what, I was so exhausted by the end of the day. Oh, I bet. <clears throat> huh? What, what kind of tools did they get? Fest tool. Oh, um, Capex dominoes, a uh, couple sanders, three dust extractors. Um, K, I said Capex, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Capex, the- uh, 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 Cavex, and um, oh, uh, two or three routers, uh, were three they- MFT tables. Were they familiar with Festool? The ten you were talking to. Uh, the kids had never touched a domino, but that's why they wanted it all. They loved they- the domino. Were they familiar? Like, did you gauge <laughs> on where oh. they? Do oh. they have a general knowledge or had they heard oh. of Festool or? Oh, absolutely. They were all Jones in to get it. And here's the other thing. You want to talk about smart kids? Holy moly. It's like I didn't have to explain too much. They all jumped on using the domino. Everything I was showing them, they go, yeah, give me that. Yeah, give me that. So it was funny because I had all this stuff spread out uh, on the MFT so I could put it together. They were t- they're engineers. They were taking things and trying to put it on the table, and they were all trying to figure it out how it all goes together. It was so daggone cool. I had a, any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Yeah, I got a question. It was this: as a, an instructor slash trainer, when you have somebody engaged like that, it really makes it a lot of fun because you know they're interested in a training, and boy, they were all interested. And uh, it was it was a very, very exciting time to or a class that I had today. So very that's important. what I've been up to. I also uh, this weekend, I was down at Mueller uh, down at their tool expo. And boy, guys, I, I can't tell how many people came up and said, man, we love the green suitors. Oh, cool. That's awesome. It was it was really neat. And uh, I go, there was one guy who was saying something about me and I went. How did you know that? He goes, you talked about it on the green sort of 
oh, that's, oh yeah. <laughs> that's happened to me before. I'm like, how did you know that? <laughs> so I, I took a picture of this guy. He came in. He was in a suit and tie. And you guys know who Joe Cocker is? The singer? Mm-mm. Oh, man. It's just big, bushy hair, you know. But what a voice. And I'm, I'm trying to remember some of the songs. He's just... You know the songs he sang, Joe Cocker. He's passed away. But I this guy's looking at me. He's like, Sedge, I drove two hours to meet you. And I, and I was like, hey, are you Joe Cocker? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and he goes, no. I go, somebody's told you you look like him. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was really neat because he was a, a professional remodeler. He owned everything festival. His name's Jeremiah. I want to call him out in case he's listening. What a super nice guy. So, cool. I mean, and. I mean, I talked, I shot the general BS. I know you're listening, Maddie, but I hung out with Maddie again. What a great guy. You know, it was just so much fun hanging out with all the people down there at Mueller. It was great. And Jordan from Rustic Creations Workshop, uh, Woodshop. This guy is unbelievable builder, remodeler, furniture builder. So I thought I'd mention that. And I've been shooting a lot of video. That's what I'm bummed out. I would like to have uh, gone up there for that. It was yeah. so cool. It was so cool. I and really, I get to really miss a, to. and I get right. to miss a few meetings at work. So it was it was a win win all around. <laughs> awesome. Woo. I had you guys... to, I was at the point where I had to decide if I was gonna go to that or if I was gonna get the part that we were trying to get done. And then the cat, I some people know about the cat, what just happened. He got attacked by something at the shop and I thought he was going back like this would have been four days in on Saturday. She called the vet and she, he was, they were like, no, you can't. He'll pull the stitches out on his back hind leg. So he has to keep that lampshade on. So he's going to stay at our house now until next Saturday. He'll have been here for 10 days. And that's involving oh, putting him in a dog crate downstairs and constantly taking him out. Like all of us are having to go in, like play with him, and, you know, let him out where he can do his business and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a lot of work. Kelly doing most of it, but mm. um, that was what sent me over the top completely because I have to kind of help with that. We couldn't go too far away. Yeah. Um, Cameron's had it, the cat in his hole, you know, his little hidey hole. The cat mm-hmm. likes to climb the ladder. It's <laughs> hilarious. He climbs the ladder, gets up to the top where it's like in the chute, the distance of it. And he actually leaps from the ladder, grabs on, in Cameron's floor and just pulls himself really slowly while he has a lampshade on his head. <laughs> That's the funniest part. Really? <laughs> he loves to climb the ladder. So now he lets him climb it. Like it's, he's getting his exercise. He says, so it's a, it's interesting, but he's going to, he's going to have to get back out to the shop. I feel like I'm unguarded out there. Probably mice are having a party out there. <laughs> yeah. And you get more snakes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. The cone of shame. He hates that cone. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jason, a minute ago? Do you do you guys want to cover this uh, question that was submitted? What was the question? We got a little bit of time. Um, so this is from somebody actually submitted this through the website, which for those of you that are listening and don't know this, if you want to submit questions, the best way to do it is to go to greensuiters.com, greensuiterspodcast.com. Um and there's a little thing. You just click submit question and you submit it. And it goes to this cool little Google Drive document that we're looking at now. And we've had one that came in recently. It's from Brand uh, Brandon Cameron. 
And it says, looking in the mirror, when do you consider having made the step from hobbyist to professional woodworker slash creator? I've been watching different creators for about a year now, and I'm just starting to make and was curious on your opinions. I don't know why this stood out to me other than the fact that the three of us are all kind of doing this right in one way or another. Um, I'll share my thoughts. There's a misconception okay. that. Okay. Explain the question to me. When do I, what do you mean looking in the mirror? I don't know why he said looking in the mirror, but he's probably like saying, look from your guys's perspective. Oh, okay. Like, um, you know, when do you consider making that jump from hobbyist to to do that? Because he's starting to woodwork and make things. And so he's probably wondering like, okay, when do I stop being a hobbyist and, and do this? But what I would like to highlight is something that he wrote in the comment. And that is, I think there's a really big misconception that just because somebody is a creator, they're a professional. Because let me assure you, that is not the truth. Matter of fact, 100%. It is far from it. Most creators are not professionals. The vast majority of them are not professionals. They just play one on YouTube, right? Um, I do <laughs> I not... Con <laughs> I, do I like not the way you said that. They just yeah. play one on YouTube. I mean, it's true. I do not consider myself to be a professional at anything woodworking related. I am a hobbyist through and through. I do not do client work. I only build things for my house or for the purposes of a video. I am a hobbyist that documents what I do and shares it with the world. So it's it's two different realms, right? You can become a professional, you know, and legitimize your business and do client work and uh, you know, classify yourself as a as a professional in that trade, right? Because you are exchanging money for services. Um but just because somebody's on social media does not does not mean that they're a professional. So I, I wouldn't get those two things confused. I don't. Maybe I'm off. Maybe you guys have a different opinion on that. No. I'm... Oh. Go ahead, Ronnie. No, I was just saying. I no. I'm. You're not off. I'm not off with my understanding. It's mm -hmm. tough. Uh, so he's saying that he's wanting, he's trying to consider when he goes from a hobbyist to professional. Yeah. He said, I've been watching different creators for about a year now, and I'm just starting to make and was curious on your opinions. So, well, you know, maybe he's been doing it he's enjoying it. And he's wondering like, how do you determine when to take that, that leap, you know, of maybe I, mean, I want to do this as a business. I was in that situation. And I, the best thing I could tell you is that, it takes working weekends and nights first, I think doing some projects for people, you know, and then keeping track of your hours and seeing if what you charged was something that would, would support you in the way that your full-time current job does. And if not figuring out what would you have to charge to make it be that way? The tough thing is a lot of the people that he's doing it for at this point are friends and family who you're doing discount work for. And that makes it even harder. But I think whatever you're wanting to make, finding out the market for it and finding out how much you'd have to do to make it work. And is it possible? Is it something you'd want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, Ronnie, I'm going to just add to that. I just like the way you said, is it possible? 
Yeah. Don't make that leap if it's not possible. Yeah. In other words, you have to calculate every bill you have, all your overhead, and you got to understand that you have to hump. Okay. Don't leave that job (laughs) to to do, like you said, do nights and everything. And guess what? The, 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 for this person who's at the, asked the question, asked the question, you will know when it's time. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen in your life where you're just going to say, you know what? Now's the time. But enjoy the journey. Don't jump too quick because it is a, I'm sorry, a shit ton of work. And that's what people don't realize. And you also got to get your business acumen down. Make sure you are calculating every single penny that goes into there, including every single minute of your time to say, hey, Mm -hmm. is this possible? Yeah. And if you think it's going to be a drudgery, don't do it. Don't ruin what you love because you think you should go full time. Hopefully, hopefully that made sense. Oh, I think... uh, that's a great ad on there. And it keep me with thinking of something else that I spent a lot of time when I was at my corporate job sitting there thinking of like, okay, what this, you know, what all would I have to do And the place that I was most off is how much business I had to do to pay myself a decent salary. I was mm-hmm. so off with that. I don't remember exacts, but I'm thinking somewhere I thought, okay, if I was trying to pay myself 50,000, I'll have to do like 75, 80,000 in business. That's what I thought. <laughs> that is so far from actual. I mean, like from everything that I've seen, everything I know, you're you're lucky to get less than half of what you do in revenue, less than half. If you're mm-hmm. paying yourself and you're the only person in the business. So keep that in mind. I think if the person was trying to think about, you know, they want to pay himself 50 or 60, say the first time he jumped off, you're going to you're going to probably have to do 120 150,000 in business to be able to pull that off. And I just that blew my mind. I I don't think as an employee people realize that how much you have to make to pay yourself a decent salary. Mm-hmm. Um you know it's all about overhead and you know all businesses are different. You know it's like if taking a realtor for example, I mean my wife's herb deductions is maybe a camera once every few years, her iPhone and her gas. It's very low, but doing what we do there is never an end of the tools you can buy. There's never an end of the chisels you can buy. Toys, just we can buy all day long. We can zero ourselves out without even thinking about it. We can buy a trailer at the end of the year and finish ourselves off. We made nothing. <laughs> it's like, so it's like you always got to keep that in mind. And that's where it's great to buy a lot of these tools while you're at your your job. You know, I, that a lot of my initial fest tools were paid for in my corporate. And I w- walked out and I could do it. I was like a pretty much a woodworker without having to buy any tools. But the first purchases I made, company purchases, was a Domino and the Capex. They just came out, the Capex, and that's what I bought. Those are my first significant purchases that I made. Um, and then after that, I just let jobs help pay for the tools. That's what I've always mm-hmm. done. But I think especially for people who are in the woodworking hobbyist community, generally they're not exactly accountants. So I think that's the part that I would say first, evaluate that least fun part of what would you have to do in business? What would you be making? How many of those would it take to make the amount that you have to pull in to be able to pay yourself a decent salary? 
Well, the the scary thing is is how quickly business models change in this field, uh, this field, or the making or woodworking, because you could start out building dining room tables and uh, coffee tables and end tables and you know all the typical you know furniture that people usually start making, and then you decide one day that you're going to take on a cabinet project and you find that you make more money and it's a lot more, you know, that, that particular thing is a lot more lucrative. And then your entire shop changes. Like we know people who that have done that in this space, right? Justin from rustic grain designs. He's a perfect example of that. He was doing custom furniture and making clocks and all these things that were just killing it. Then he took on a closet, I think it was. And now he, is just on fire making nothing but cabinet projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a, I there's think it's always going to be new expenses. Yeah, I think it's a cross between what gives you the best return and what do you enjoy building. Because if you don't enjoy building or have some kind of, it's going to be as bad as the job he's in right now. If he's obviously not happy, you don't want to. You don't want to do build things that you don't like or you're not into. Right. And if in the and then if you can't find a way to make to make it work priced right, you just figure out is do you need a different set of customers? Because there's always people willing to pay high end for things. Yeah. But, Said you you alluded to it. Um you, you want to make sure that it's what you want to do before like because because turning your hobby into a business, it, it's sometimes that really sucks. Like it's super fun as a hobby, but then when it's a business, it's no longer a hobby. Now it's a headache. Um, yeah, that was, that, I, I felt that quite often when I was doing client work quite often. Yeah. I, mean, I took the leap 14 years ago, hit it hard and was nonstop trying to do everything to make every cent and make sure I didn't fail in the business. And I feel like this boat build, is the first thing that I have built really for fun in 14 years. But before I left the corporate world, that before I left, I used to get to build whatever I wanted for fun because nothing was for money. And I just had fun woodworking, but I definitely sent myself down a path where I was working late, stressing about a finished drying, stressing about the rain tomorrow. I don't have a closed trailer, stressing about all those things. It took me down a 14 year path of, kind of leaving the hobby and it became a job. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. for sure. If you want it to be your job, but make it profitable because there's a lot of people out there that don't, and they have that other full-time position. And they're like, if I can make 200 on this, I'm happy. You know, I don't really need to be, that's what hurts woodworking profession in a whole yep. are yep. people that are hobbyists that are under pricing projects. Yep. That's, that's, that's an ongoing thing. And you got to get past that. And people that you know have to understand that this is how you make your money. You can't, you know, can't do this for the cost of the materials. That's, but I think it can be fun. And I would definitely not discourage him from it. If he has that thought, he needs to probably jump or he's going to regret it. You know, everybody, whenever they talk to anybody who's 90 plus, you see these interviews, they always say, what's your biggest regret? I didn't take more chances in life. That's one of the biggest things they always say. Why not? I mean, life's short. If you're not happy, jump. You'll figure it out. But just do it part-time for a while on the side while you still get your yeah. full-time salary. You'll yeah, know. Stick your, 
stick your toes in the water. Yeah. Just don't jump in right away. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Safe way to do it. Yep. Like Hopefully it. that was the answer. Yeah. I, I just, I saw that before we started and I'm like, yeah. And be diversified. Let's, Let's just add that too. Yeah. Don't, don't start a business off making river tables, you know, because <laughs> if they're not popular anymore, you, you need to have something else in your back pocket, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, don't uh, be afraid to uh, expand your horizons and learn a new technique or take on a job that, Oh, I don't like that, but so what? If it's going to pay some overhead, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get snotty on it. So you got to make a living if you get if that's what you do. In other words, I did a ton of uh, mica tops uh, just to pay the overhead. I hated doing mica countertops, but I, you know what? Probably fifty percent of the time, Tarmac, the concrete company, paid our overhead for the shop. That's where you came up with the idea for the 60V, isn't it? Yep. When you were doing those? Yeah. That's when you came I up with sure the design. Did. He yep. fell and he hit his head on a on yep. a Formica laminate top. Yep. And all of a sudden he had a vision. Man, yeah. a two-bladed two bladed track saw. A two-bladed track saw. So he yep. put he, the closest thing was this roll of toilet paper, and he drew out the entire saw with a Sharpie on toilet paper. Man. True. The story. legend, the legend lives yeah. on. Yeah, and then I I went to my patent attorney, which just happened to be Ronnie's great grandmother. And she she said, "Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. this case." <laughs> the best patent attorney in the business. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I still haven't changed the uh, the Patreon names. I need to do that. <laughs> Ronnie's great grandmother. Ronnie's great grandmother always said. I think that's what we agreed yeah, on. She's yeah. always said. She's always said. She has. That's funny. Well, cool. Anything else uh, you guys got big going on this week? <clears throat> I'm getting ready for Tampa, baby. Oh, yeah. That's next week, isn't next it? Next week. That's, yeah. Right. Next week, I'm down there with the all-female build-off. So that's what I'm doing. I'm making sure the tools get down there. I get down there early next week to assemble them all up. Oh, Monday night. I might have to do this from my hotel room. We'll talk about it. Oh, the next episode? Yeah, we'll talk about it. Maybe it's just you and Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, Maybe we'll but I'll be in Tampa. Finally bring a guest this. on. <laughs> yeah. But we hey, always did you guys talk about the guest when we said just leaving? We're always like, yeah. said you're leaving, we're gonna have a guest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey guys, did you see the I hated this? Uh the post that Amanda Russell put out. Mm-mm. She was let go by fine woodworking. Why? I have no idea. She goes, yep, my dream job. She they wasn't there very long, was she? Yeah, let her go at the end of the last week. I mean, I'm not, you know, letting mm-hmm. the, anything out of the bag. She posted it on Instagram. And I was like, oh, man, she is such a wonderful young lady. Yeah. I don't know why they let her go. Well, I, it, if, it, I, if I was talking to her, bet it works out. I bet she'll look back and something will open up because this always. one closed. Something will oh, open up. Always, always. Yep. And she's yep. such a brilliant woodworker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she's leading one of the teams down in Tampa. So I'll see her next week. Oh, good. 
Yeah. Good, good, good. Cool. There's uh, team captains. Yeah. Uh, one is Amanda Russell, and the other one is Alma. Yes, Alma. Oh, cool. I love Alma. We do. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love Alma? Yeah, that's two good people. Yeah, Ronnie, sure. did did you um hear anything with the workbench con stuff? Thought about it today. I have not sent the other follow up. The last time we I said I was going to send something, I have not sent that. I will send that as soon as I get off from here. As soon as I get off. I just yep. cool. want to make I thought about. I today. know Mike's going to get his ticket, but you know, <laughs> that's if that's Mike's the loose end I want to talk. If if Mike's listening today, I was cold rain working outside, and that's when I do my best thinking. You know, just me and my <laughs> drill screws working. I thought, I still haven't heard back from that. I got to do that. <laughs> so I thought about today, babe. God. I hated working outside in the rain or in the fall, especially when it's cold. Just oh, goes, this, it's so raw. It goes right through you. Yeah. This house backs up to a lot of land and that wind was just kicking through today. And and then it started lightly raining and I look, it wasn't even supposed to rain today and it just was a light misty rain all day. Um, Had my gorilla gloves on sponsored by gorilla gloves, had my gorilla gloves on with the tight wrist where debris doesn't fall in there. And there's rubber, like ribs so I could grab that metal. That's great. But as far as the rain goes, I was had wet gloves on all day with wet hands. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that part is ideal, but I did get the new firm grip gloves in today, which is handy because I'll be wearing them tomorrow to try those out. Um, those are available at Home Depot only. And I'll let you <laughs> know how they are. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I am. I, I did a duo. I did a gorilla grip and um, firm grip like a two thing like last month and this month you should have thrown so, the podcast in there yeah i know we could, have, we could have recorded tonight just like this with gloves on yeah. yeah i do like the gloves i do like you know you hear that wrist thing about them being tight it's it is important when you're wearing gloves that your wrist they're not open because when you're cutting and stuff things can go down the little wrist so oh. i do like how they're tight it is nice i like it um, tight I'd yeah, never be able yeah. to do this podcast with if it wasn't for firm grip gloves. Oh, and guess what? The gloves are touch friendly to your phone too. That's important. Oh, Ooh, yeah, that's important. So I'll I'll try those out tomorrow. I'll record tomorrow for that ad that I'm doing for that and see how they do it. But is that they go. actually what they say? It's touch friendly. Mm -hmm. It's touch screen compatible. Oh, I touch think is screen called. friendly. I was yeah, like, I like yeah. I like touch friendly better. Me yeah, too. So when you go to the bathroom, no. Yeah. No, I, so it doesn't I tickle. It doesn't today. tickle when you <laughs> tinkle. <laughs> but you know the other challenge that I have. This I get in this sometimes. People have dogs, and it's so rude when they don't pick up the dog poop. Oh, yeah. dude, and that drives me crazy. And what's hard is right now. And usually people have very manicured grass where where I'm working. But the problem is there's leaves on the ground. Yeah, and I can't see where they can't the, see I the hit, poop. I hit two of them the other day and I was oh. just like, looked on my ladder. It went all six rungs of my ladder. It was on every single rung. And I was like, this, it's hard enough when you're working. Sometimes it's cold. The last thing you want to deal with is that just, oh, it was annoying. So I, <laughs> I got out, got out my orange uh, marking paint that I have in my van and I sprayed circles around all the places in their yard where it was. <laughs> so I Did you really? Yes. <laughs> it's like you're the it's like you're the electrical or power guy that's out there like putting flags well, because, and 
I was spending, you know, what everything that I do requires many, many trips to the van and back and forth to the trailer to the point of that. I look when I quit our project, how far away is my van going to be for where the install is? It's very important. This one's actually pretty close, but then it slows you down because you're locking in to the grass and you're looking straight down every time you walk through trying to find that perfect path that you can get around. And, uh, yeah, I hit two places. Finally, I, I just, the leaves were messing me up. So I just put these orange circles everywhere where they, they were. I've used pink flags before too. The little pink flags, little wires. I've used those. Just, Ronnie, you just got to start carrying a pooper scooper with you. No. Most of my customers are really good about, they even have co companies that come to their house every day. Yep. They, most of them do. They That's have a, a guy. Oh There's, my oh, God. Yeah. It's huge business. Yeah. And you do the math on it. They're making bank. Big and bucks. They, they, they generally, a lot of them have a cooler. That's what they put it in. I noticed I saw a guy, they have a cooler. They walk in the back. They're at the house for maybe 10 minutes. They do the scoop thing. They throw it in the bag and they put it in the cooler. They're gone. And you think about what they charge for that service every month. And they come like once a week, you know, or something like whatever their schedule is. But they're only there for like minutes and they're out. And you think about if you had how many hundreds of counts, you'd be rolling in the poop dough. <laughs> it's, so I, mean, I wonder how much that costs. Well, um, there's there's three companies that are local around here that I see a lot that they come. I even recognize their trucks when they show up. They're number one in the number two business. <laughs> yeah, they're number one in the number two. <laughs> nice. Your number nice. one is my number two. <laughs> Who does number two work for? I would have never thought that that was a business. Oh, yeah. my God. Dog walking, dog grooming, everything. Yeah, yeah I people want that, the dogs, dog but they don't want to take care upper. of them. See, and yeah. they have to schedule. Like, they have their dog poop person come the day before the landscape guy comes. So they yeah. time it out. So he comes, like, on Tuesdays, and then the mower comes on Wednesday. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I definitely my customers. If you ever want to know things you can pay people to do, it's amazing. Like you'll have the pool person come, the the tree waterer, the tree trimmer, the Christmas light putter upper, the dog poop picker upper, the dog sitter, the one that feeds it. You know they have they have services. Just you would never even imagine how many things you can pay people to do. So where did I hear this? I thought it was really weird that. This guy has a full-time person that just watches the dogs. That's there was a house that I was yeah. at this summer that had a full-time dog sitter. Yep. They have oh she had oh no, this was a guy at uh who's telling me he has a client that he has a wife who's rather eccentric, but there's another person who she has six dogs, but they hired somebody full time to watch the dogs. I know uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines have that because they're, we know the guy that lives next door to them. Um, uh, John Dawson. I was a little giant with him. He's a big TikToker. Um, he said that the dogs get out sometimes and they have staff because they're traveling all the time and they have to have somebody that watch their dogs. So they have somebody that's, it's like a dog sitter. That's what they do. See. Hmm. Can do anything you want when you got a bunch of money. Yep. You hire people to live your life for you gets more complicated for sure yeah said used to not be complicated until he came up with that idea for that saw and then ever since then he's had that yeah. big head 
Yeah. You know, it's all about the dual saw. That's it. That's it. Did you ever see that thing? You ever see that thing that they used to advertise on television? The dual saw. Can cut through anything. Never gets dull. Never gets dull. (laughs) The dual saw. Cut through solid steel. (laughs) They don't have solid. Cut cut through solid bone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gone. It's a it's a flash, but it was just funny. It's like a Ronco dual saw, something like that. Yeah, I remember that. You know what we should talk about on an episode sometime? Uh, Overhyped tools. Like tools that we think are overhyped. That we've used over the years. Or how about... and But another one could be, why did they ever discontinue this tool? Oh, I know exactly what I would talk about on that one. Which all three of us do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that one's easy. Yeah, that's a... I've been really enjoying that, by the way, lately, with all the routering I've been doing, and I've just been able to stick parts on there. I almost feel like I'm cheating with the track saw and that I that know. back. I know it's. I watched a YouTube video where this guy was cutting out the back frame. It had 12 degree back angle on it. It's 10 degrees on the side, and then 90 on the other side. This guy was going to all this detail of how he used the jigsaw, and he set it with a wood block so it would do it. He still tried to follow the line. The blade was wandering back and forth. I got my tracks all out, put it on the line and 12 degrees. Well, done. Perfect. <laughs> I think about how much time that other guy spent on the, the other way. It's just, it's pretty sweet. Well, he could have done that too. If he had those tools running. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. God, it was, it was cool though. Yeah. That would be a good seven segment to talk about that. That would yes, be, sir. Well, you know, it's time for me to go do. Leo. Lay down with Leo. <laughs> lay down with yeah, Leo. Yeah, well, we, do, we don't lay down in the bed with him anymore, so we're making some progress there. And last night, he stayed in his bed all night, and that almost never happens. Wow. Cool. Almost never. Matter of fact, I think the last time that happened was probably about nine months ago. Maybe nice. maybe it's because he had a long professional rath- wrestling match with the nature boy yesterday on the couch. Yeah, he probably had a concussion, Sedge. It's probably yeah. what it was. <laughs> Sedge abusing my child. I had so much fun yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's oh. what I'm going to go do. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And yes. don't forget to write a review on Apple or Spotify. Leave some questions. That's that's what I would love. Yes. Go go to the website, submit some questions there, just because this was actually supposed to be a patron question, but none of us remembered to submit or field any questions on Instagram. So when you have some time, just run over to our website and submit a few questions for us so we can keep doing these episodes. And I don't know what the giveaway is this month, but it doesn't matter. If you win, you'll find out what it is then. <laughs> I love it. Okay, everybody. Away. We're up to 16.7 million this year of giveaways. I can't yep. believe that. Man. I know. That's so awesome. I know. I thought we we projected 17 million, but we, I mean, we're close. Yeah. We almost I think we'll, I think we'll hit the 17 by December 31st. Yeah. 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 For I just sure. didn't want to overreach, but we might. And yeah. I think off the cuts at $3,000 this year is how much they've given. They're away. not even at that much because they don't do oh. giveaways because they don't, they don't appreciate their audience. 
Now they're giving yeah. away like $49 gift cards or something like that. $50 yeah. gift cards for Charleston's restaurant for wedge salads, Morrison's yeah. cafeteria, Morrison's for the, for the sizzler, golden corral, sizzler. Sizzler. golden, golden corral, free shrimp baskets. I think, I think they even fry the water there. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> okay. Have a great night. Adios. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.